Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how she creates. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. Welcome to the season finale of How She Creates. We have a super special episode today because we have our most honored guest who are our greatest supporters, and we are terrified of this episode. We would like... We are. Yeah, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. We would like to introduce you to our husbands. Yay! (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, <laughs> I'm Terrell, and you're married to Lauren. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm Tience, and I'm married to Kaylee because you can't see who's talking, but we sound different, Terrell and I, I reckon. Probably. A little bit. Maybe. Hmm. Okay, and what do you do oh, with your what, life? What? Oh, oh. I'm married to Kaylee, and I'm her biggest supporter, as you know, <laughs> from the introduction, and... I'm an engineer and I work at a big German company. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And what do you do? Um, I'm a choir teacher at an international school uh, with, and I work with Lauren there. Um, And so we get the privilege of teaching um, choir to middle school and high school uh, students. And um, so that's pretty much me. I'm a musician. Yep. So for this episode, we thought it would be really fun and interesting to get their perspective on what it's like to live with creative people and to hear their creative stories because you don't have to be an artist or have an entire craft room to be a creative person. And so we want to share about their creativity and how um, couples can be creative together and support each other. And that's we get a lot of questions about how to get your you know spouse on board. And so we thought it would be a fun way to um, talk about it. And so maybe you guys can learn more stuff about us from the people who know us best. Okay, so let's start by you guys telling us how you're creative, how you guys get creative. Okay, I, I think the American can start. Uh, um, I think for me, I'm a musician and so and music teacher. And so creativity for me shows up in the classroom um, and teaching students um, how to read music. But also as a conductor and musician, um, creativity comes with interpreting a musical score and trying to understand what maybe the composer intended for a specific um uh, composition. And so that's one outlet for creativity um, that I uh, enjoy. But another is as um, a music teacher, I've also um, started to do a bit of um, composition. And so composing a few works this um, year, this semester, actually, we I took a trip to Cambodia and um, I was inspired to write a short composition for my um, students. So when we got back, um, they're currently now working 
to sing one of my compositions. So that's how I'm creative and how I find pleasure in um, being creative within the field of music. But you're also creative in that you help me build a lot of things. So like he helped me build my loom for weaving and my paint holder. Oh, and my, what do you call that? Like a sign board? Yes. 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 I can hammer and nail and. (laughs) But you helped me like design the like construct. Is that right? Like the. True. Yes. Like the design of whatever we're going to build. I guess. Yeah. 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 I enjoy making things. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? It must be so cool with um, the music and being a choir teacher in that you have like a whole bunch of people to just force to do your compositions. (laughs) Yes, yes. And they thought it was really cool, I think. Um, I was a little nervous sharing my composition with the students, but um, I thought they, I think that they thought it was pretty cool. Like, hey, my teacher composed a piece for us and they were kind of, um, they enjoyed that. And so, and I'm asking them to actually be creative at the end of the semester and compose their, a, a piece. So I thought if I'm asking them to do it, then I should try my hand at it. So. Yeah, that's cool. Unless the song was bad, then they probably that is true. wouldn't appreciate that is true. it as much. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just humoring him. Yeah. yeah, they need to get the A's. <laughs> this is a great song teacher. That is true. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Okay, so I <clears throat> am an engineer, and in my previous job, I had the opportunity to design a lot of stuff, which is really cool, like machines and things that people would actually build. Um and that was really cool for my creativity in a, like a weird way that, I don't know, because people don't really associate engineers with being creative, but it was really cool to be able to do that stuff. Now, my current job isn't the same. I do more training type stuff, so I'm not like, don't get to be creative at work um, other than making PowerPoints, which is <laughs> <laughs> not, creative. not the most creative, but I can, I can change some stuff up with color schemes and whatnot. Um, but at home now, like I've tried to make more of a mission to, to draw in my spare time and to not spend as much time on the computer and stuff. And it's really been cool because it's like time that we get to spend together directly before we used to play computer together, which is fine, I suppose, but I wasn't making anything. So they knew when the time feels like empty or whatever, which is quite cool. And I like having something that I make and draw and improve on every week. And it's kind of cool. And I think what Terrell was saying is with the sharing of his composition, it's quite cool because I think like as guys, we don't firstly think of ourselves as creative mostly like even with making stuff like designing something and building something it's also a form of creativity but because we see it as like a man job like building ikea furniture it's it's not creative but it's kind of cool because you you're creating more like the workspace that someone else is creating in which is like a different form of creating oh like when you're making our tables and stuff yeah like the room design is a form of creativity it's not like journaling but it's you know we're making a whole room which is kind of cool and then also because then we also have to go out there and share it. Like with my art stuff, like I have to share those drawings with people, which is intimidating. And I think a lot of the people that you guys deal with, a big part of it is that they're scared to share it with the internet or with their spouses or whatever. And it's kind of cool to have that at home, to be like, hey, I drew this and then your wife supports you. It's nice. I like that. 
Yeah, I think that like for me, sharing with strangers on the internet is a lot less intimidating than sharing with people that I know. Oh yeah, at least in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was the same for you, Terrell, with your students. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Oh yeah, I feel like the internet definitely creates like a veil of separation that you can share and like you don't really see unless someone puts a mean comment, you don't see that someone doesn't like what you do. Yeah, and also like um with people that you don't know, if you're sharing with them, I mean you tend to find like the niche where you know, like we tend to find other art journalists and so they'll appreciate something a lot more. But like if you're not an art journaler and I show you something, you don't know what went into it mm-hmm. yeah, beyond true. just like, oh that's that's nice. Exactly. And T's drawings are legit. I have seen some pictures of them and they are really good. I know. It's actually, it's a bit insane actually because he's got like a totally different learning style to me and to most people that I've seen on the internet. Like he has um, kind of like an analytical way of learning. And it's just, it's so cool. Like he's got these books and you can see like the progress that he's made. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, I suppose it comes from being an engineer. That helps what? my learning, learning style, mm-hmm. like hours of learning and then like a little bit of drawing and then hours of learning and then a little bit. No, of but drawing. it's not like it's you. I don't know. I think that you put a lot of time into the drawing mm-hmm. as well from my side, from like an external point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys both kind of touched on this. Do you set creative goals or do you just make when you feel like making? Okay. Um, I, I assume this is something that like a lot of your community members also struggle with like i feel so much pressure to to draw like i want to draw i'm very motivated to draw and i like the progress and like seeing what i do and then i'm like okay this week i'm going to draw every night after work so that's my goal for this week and then i feel so much pressure to do it that in the end i don't do it so i've i've sort of relaxed a little bit on having a definitive goal maybe if anything i say okay I really enjoy drawing faces, so for this week, I'll just try and draw faces as I can or something along those lines. But I find, I don't know, when I set myself a hard goal, then I just, I don't know, I set myself up for failure. I feel like a little bit like, yeah, the pressure on myself. Like, no one cares, but I, I just get so disappointed in myself for not putting in the hours or whatever, which is not constructive, so... Absolutely. Like you don't want to be you don't want to be bad so you don't try and then because you're not trying you're not getting better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've also tried now to be more okay with just failing at stuff. So like even if I don't put in the hours, I'm just okay with that. And if I do draw something and I hate it, then I'm also okay with that. Like failing is also a form of progress, so which is kind of cool. I like that. You're so wise. But I think there's a difference between like a hobbyist and a professional. And I think so many people right now, like online, are professional artists. And so they're sharing these big goals that they have. And people who are just like, I just like to draw are getting, um, what's the word? Like, like demotivated. Demotivated, yeah, because they're like, I'm not creating 365 new paintings this year. And it's like, why do you need to do that? You're just doing this because you like it. I mean, yeah, goals help you get better. But like you said, they can be, they can weigh down on you too much. I like that. What about you? Do you set goals? Yeah, I uh, um, will set goals for myself. But I always have to, with the goal, I have to have something that, um, well, back to the composition, like I was going to share it with them. So my goal has to, 
um, kind of have something that holds me accountable. So, which I guess in a sense that is, um, having a goal, but I don't just make goals to have the goal, if that makes sense. Um, and so, um, and for, uh, in music, it's, uh, having something, to work toward that you can perform or exhibit in some sense is kind of that motivates me to to make um, to have more goals and so forth. And so, like, um, I've created a lot of professional goals in the sense of creating like um, my textbook for my class. But what um, I guess motivated me to do that then was having something for my students and I set a a deadline for that. And, um, but in the general sense, I guess I create goals. Um, yeah, I try to do something each week that, that I'm, um, creative in. And so, and I know for you, uh, you would always ask me like every day, um, how was I, what are, we would have questions that we would go through each day. And one of those questions were, what did you create? And I just, I always came up short with that question. Um, and, um, and so I felt like maybe setting some, some definitive goals. And so, um, at least something a week that I would do, but, um, yeah. What about piano? How is that? Do you have like a goal for that? Because you play piano and you want to play every day, but you definitely like don't have time to sit down and play. Do you have like a goal or are you just playing just to play? What do you do that for that? Yeah, I think that sometimes it's just playing to play. Um, but uh, yeah, I, with practicing you, I think the best practice happens when you set smaller goals and say, I'm going to accomplish this in, in my uh, time today. And um so that helps. Um, but, um, Terrell did his entire PhD dis- dissertation on practicing for what for your art form. Oh. So he has a lot that of information cool. about this. <laughs> but yeah, and we find that by um, the self regulated learning um, happens best when. Um, you set goals and goal setting is one of those, um, the kind of the entry into, um, setting yourself up for success and having the volition as we call it, or the self-determination to actually carry out on those things. And so, um, but, and that's what we find is that those people beginning at a very young age, not knowing how to practice. And I think I still struggle with that. Um, sometimes I'll sit down and be let, and spend two hours at the piano and not really know what happened. Um, and then there's sometimes that uh, you set goals. And for me as a musician, I think that those, it, it, it the idea is that it becomes worked into your um, kind of automatic um, thinking. And so that those are goal setting is happening in real time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so a different type of thing, I know writing it out, but in teaching people how to practice and have, um, 
goals within their practice is that they actually write those out. And so like practice journals and practice logs is actually something that helps students um, create kind of self-discipline for themselves in that. And so that they would kind of chart out what they're going to accomplish uh, within that set amount of time. So you found that your students like who would write out a plan for their time would be more successful. And then when they did that habitually, they were more successful in their skill game. Right. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we talk about on this podcast all the time. Science. (laughs) I don't know. Is that science? (laughs) Well, I know like for you. Your sketchbook is kind of like your log. Yeah, it is that. And then you can see how you progress over time. And I find for me, a big thing that I do, like I actually irritate myself a little bit with it, is that almost every time I fill a page, like say, for example, I'm just drawing profile views. Then I go back to like six months ago and I look at the profile views I drew there and then I go, ha ha, you sucked back then, but now you're much better. And it's really cool because I like because a drawing gets better incrementally, like with really small changes. It's cool because I can go back and I can see it. I made the nose like a fraction of a millimeter smaller and now it looks more realistic or I'm more happy with it or whatever and how that motivates me. So I have to create new content to be able to compare it with old content. But even the crappy old content that I was really unhappy with at the time I now I look back and I go, ah, I really have learned a lot in six months or a year or whatever. So I think the thing of having it like written down or some form of progress or I don't know how you would do that for all forms of art, like with music. I don't know. You could maybe record yourself or something. But um, that's I suppose that's also really cool with the art journaling stuff is that you, you have the pages to go back to. And even the stuff that I was super proud of, like I go back to stuff that I'm like, wow, this is incredible when I drew it. And now I go back and I'm like, this is shockingly bad. And then I drew my, draw my new things. I'm like, hey, this is impressive. And I know hopefully six months from now, I can be like, hey, this is even better. So that does make a big, I get a very good feeling from that. So, mm-hmm. which motivates me. I like it. Okay. So we know that you guys are creative, but... We, Kaylee and I, are, you know, working towards being full-time artists. And so we do this all the time, all day long. So what is it like? What can you give us a perspective for other people like us to know what their spouse is feeling? So what is it like to live with a creative person? Okay, I'll start. Um, It's... You brave. No, like I didn't know creative people and stuff. And obviously with the people that I work with, I don't like not like this type of creative spirit or whatever. And I thought it would be difficult because I am so analytical and like an engineer and stuff. And there are things that irritate me, like the constant organizing and the constant mess and all that. That's somewhat irritating. But it's interesting because you... I think even by your own standards, maybe you aren't doing enough or doing whatever you want to do with your own creative journey. But you guys make so much content, like between all your different platforms and all the things that you're putting out there. It's amazing to watch like every day you're basically making something. It's fascinating to see someone just with that level of output. And I suppose it's true for any like creative partner. Because I come home and I watch TV and then you've done like journal pages or you've made something cool. It, it's really cool to see that, like to see someone 
being that creative all the time. So you're trying to score points and only say positive things here. <laughs> no, the negative things is that we always have paper, like in every room of the house, <laughs> like all over the place. And also, I didn't know that there was this variety of paper in the world. Like, we have like 400 different types of white paper in the house. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's fine. You could have a worse hobby, like you could collect makeup or shoes or, or something. drugs or drugs. But yeah, but this is this is fine. I can live with this one. <laughs> or cats. Or cats. That's true. Yeah, because I know in the end, I mean, through a lot of your stuff, you also have like you know you're tracking our life. So I get to see the immediate benefit of having all the photo logs from throughout our life, which was super annoying when we have to take the photos at the time. Yes. Because you guys are ridiculous with the photos. Although, Terrell is like really well trained with that. You still need to learn a little bit. I don't think it's well trained. I think that his spirit has broken. (laughs) Everyone like on Lauren and my side would like see Terrell as like, wow. Lauren has trained him so well. No, after that holiday when you guys were here and we took all those pictures at that castle, I've learned that there there's a levels to this that I, I didn't realize. <laughs> Kaylee asks me to take one picture. Lauren is like a like a director. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Sometimes we'll be out places and I'll notice that Terrell's just standing completely still and I'll go over and, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And, and he'll just look at the floor and I realize that he's standing there ready for a feet picture. <laughs> nice. It's kind of like a Pavlovian response. kind of. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Yep. My mom's always very impressed, too, with how good of a sport Terrell is for pictures. He's not always. He definitely has his limits. No, yes. And I push him over it constantly. But uh, what about you? What's it like to live with me? And P.S. Kaylee has like a 20th of the amount of stuff that I do. So, yeah, you don't even you don't know nothing, T. Oh, wow. So I've I've gotten it light. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose it's your minimalist nature as well, right? Yeah. Um, It's been fun to see your progression Kind of. um, And yes, all the stuff is nauseating. Um, And it's kind of nice that you have your creative space, but sometimes that creative space bleeds out into the rest of the apartment. But um, and that's a bit sometimes hard to, to to handle. But I think at the end of the day, it's always fun to and such a delight to kind of see what you've come up with or um, things that you've created. And I'm, I'm always amazed at what um, the different uh, types of things that um, you've, you've created. And, and it, and it's been cool to see, as I mentioned, the progression and kind of where, like when we first got married and you were Lauren who liked to do fun projects and things, and then how that's become a habitual um kind of discipline for you and then how you've uh, developed through that and progressed. And that's, I, I've enjoyed watching you um, do that. And I feel like a bit that we're um, because of your discipline in that area. And I'm in the arts as well, that we've kind of um, been able to uh, have a lot of, of talks about 
different things and creative things. And well, I mean, I, I actually have to give you credit for, um, uh, turning me to the Twyla Tharp's creative habit and um, and that whole idea behind a creative spirit and what we idealize as being creative as like these kind of whacked out people who don't bathe and who live in kind of utter chaos and mess. And 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 we feel like that those people are just these geniuses of creativity. But actually in um, in looking at what kind of Twilight Art plays out and is that creativity happens within a habitual kind of discipline of doing something every day and um, and and I'm always reminded of, I think, in that book, which. I've read spots of uh, and uh, but she talks about the musician in the sense that um, like um, uh, Schoenberg, who every day did something habitual and um, he was a a wonderful composer. But you, you don't think of that, that it, it is such a something that you have to do and and. And I've been observing you and in your dedication, I think I've I've been inspired through that. Oh, you're so sweet. Terrell is very supportive and nice about my art thing. So it is very nice. Yeah, it's nice having someone like even like the really bad things to be like, oh, wow. And you're like, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, no, you don't know. You don't know. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's also cool because sometimes you guys get into like a, a zone, which I, I suppose, you know, like inspiration strikes or whatever. And I come home from work and before when you had the whole other room and the room would just be covered in like the same technique that you had recently discovered. Like when you figured out that thing with the salt that you put on the paint <laughs> or whatever, and then everything would just be covered in salt. But you would be so happy because you had like, I don't know, you just like. It's like you unlock a new level, you know, and then you get stuck into it. It's really cool to see that like momentary flare of passion or whatever to walk into it like <laughs> as an outsider. It's kind of cool. Yeah. We just got you guys on here to say nice things about us. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. So on the flip side, so what's the weirdest thing we do in the name of art? Um, well, since you've been beginning first, I'll I'll take this one. And I think the weirdest thing by far um, not maybe the weirdest thing, but just the most embarrassing thing was when you actually started ripping pages out of the magazine on our uh, flight mm-hmm. and that they put in front of you. That's just for the in-flight magazine. And it's incredibly quiet on the airplane mm-hmm. and you're ripping pages out. Oh, wow. And I was like, just take the whole magazine, just put it in your bag. And she's like, no, I want to rip them out. It's too and heavy. So, um, but that was probably in the name of art. Uh, but we've also done really um, kind of embarrassing things. You'll take pictures in weird places that embarrass me um, a lot. Hashtag and, Instagram husband. And so I've learned to kind of roll with it. But yeah, you've. Um, yeah, I, I try to do the like the weirdest stuff when you're not home because I know you'll make fun of me. <laughs> that's amazing that, that's yeah. mine what weird things Lauren are, are, you, are you comfortable with sharing <laughs> I think probably the strangest thing is when I painted most of my body and then took those self portraits I was like there's no way I can do this while Terrell's home 
Yes, I I would have made fun of you for that. Yeah, it would have been impossible. Yeah, yeah. Also, the well, it's good to know your spouse as well. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, yeah, you've you've done a few things like that while I've been away, and then I come home and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But if I was here in the moment, I would have yeah been a little weirded out. Yeah, but yeah. like the end result is so much better than the process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm, I I don't think. Is anything weird? I mean, it's difficult to say what what is your personality and what is just the artist in you. Well, like Lauren is also a lot more like loose than like she's looser than I am. I'm a lot more like I could never paint myself. I'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> you make me sound like a loose woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you could use the word free instead of loose. Good pregnancy brain. Okay, it's my yes. excuse for everything. Okay, no, like I think with your stuff the thing that gets me the most is the continuous cycle of like gathering stuff to create and then the immediate need like overnight to throw away half of your stuff like that makes me absolutely crazy because one day it will just be like the whole house is covered in something that is the old passion project or whatever and then the next day you're just like this stuff has to leave the house today and it's just like so much stuff being thrown away that that makes me a little bit crazy sometimes yeah that's a personality thing. but that's, that's not uh, yeah i do that with lauren and with business things as well yeah i suppose <laughs> hmm i think the other stuff has just gotten so normal over time like that foot photo thing, I just, that is, I don't even, because now we've also learned how to get Griffin in the photos as well. Like, it's just completely normal. I mean, the Germans must think that we are psychopaths because we're standing over all these manhole covers. Like, they must think, do they come from a place where they don't have manholes? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Well, I remember, because that's like become so normal now, like, doing that since like, forever hello wow, what a hipster but I, I realized again that that was not actually a normal photo to take when um, my family was here in december and i was trying to get five of us to take a flipping foot photo and like they did not understand what to do like you you're quite good at with this like terrell's level of yeah, general photos is your level of feet photos okay. so you know already okay we, i'm gonna put my feet in like this you know how to get the dog in so like griffin's standing there right and then my parents are just like, I don't understand what they're doing with their feet. I think your dad was once backwards in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Give up. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose that, but they're such cool pictures. They are cool pictures. In the end, but you mm. do feel like an idiot. I think the photo stuff has been, I mean, because we're not directly involved in your creative process other than with the photo tracking and photos of our lives. The photos have been the, the biggest adjustment. But I, I, every time I look back at the albums, I'm always so happy that we have the photos, even if they are the most. I realize that when we're standing against this blank wall and we look all calm, that there are 400 tourists on the other side of us that are staring at us and going, what is happening? But but it's really cool to look back and have that those photos and yeah well like I would love to have a photo that Lauren has with all the paint on her face and her body was it on your face yeah anyway but like I could never but I would like to have the end result maybe you can get it after the it in. maybe after the baby comes then you can get it by accident like with food or something on your face <laughs> <laughs> okay same so. What do you guys not understand that we do? Like, what's something that you, like, have a question about or you have no idea what we're doing? 
I guess the online business is a bit confusing. I know I kind of I've had to ask you for a scripted response from you about how I should tell people when because I've struggled over that, not just because maybe I don't fully understand everything. And so I um, when people ask me, I'm like, she does art and she's creative and she has a blog. And so those things I don't I'm not really but you have uh, told me very specifically what to say when people ask me so that cuz you you know sometimes the way I make it sound is like a little bit not becoming but the the idea behind it is uh, I've I've understood more now that you've kind of told me about the more things that you Tell me about what you do, because at first, I mean, when you first got into this, I didn't really have a clue. Um, And so then um, and then as it grew, I still kind of didn't have a clue. And then people would ask. And then um, so I didn't really know how it all worked. But now I do. And um, you've kind of introduced me into the world like I didn't. I remember we um, uh, years ago, we went to the Young House Love uh, kind book of signing. book signing. Yeah, and yeah. I remember asking you, like, how do these people do it? Like, what do they do and how do they? And you kind of like, um, you know, told me about their business and how, you know, their business model and stuff. And so I. Um, yeah. Coming from a person who has never taken an online class or never done anything kind of online per se with that but um yeah yeah that is confusing for everyone yeah i think you need to share that script with me lauren <laughs> yeah we're, yes. we're still working on it i'll get back to you I get, yeah i'm really happy that i'm living in a country that speaks a different language to my first language because now i can just respond in like a vague one sense. word yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, we just get that all the time with people at work, and and they're like, "Oh, what's Lauren going to do?" And I said, "She's she's going to ha- she has her own business, and so she's doing that next year." And so I don't really, but it's still I but, don't think people. It's just the, the when when you say that people still have a very yeah because they just have like no frame of reference, and so it is easier to give the vague answer because once you start getting detailed, they start asking a lot of questions. And they realize they don't really want to know the answer. Yeah. It's the same, I think, with most careers. People don't actually care what you do. But in this case, there's no other box to put you in. So, like, if like if Tyrrell says, I'm a musician, they're like, oh, so you have a band. And then they stop. And then they're like, oh, I know how this works now. But <laughs> And when, when people ask me, like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm an engineer. And they're like, oh, you build bridges. It's not at all what I do, but it's okay for them. They're finished with the conversation. They know where to put me. But with you guys, you're not bloggers. You're not like pure artists in like the traditional sense with like a gallery and all that stuff. So they like, so you do online. And I think most people don't, I mean, online courses are, relatively new thing a lot of people haven't done anything like that themselves so if you say oh we sell online courses for artists as an example for most people they have no idea what that means no. yeah so it's mm-hmm. tough it's very tough for them to and then they're like do you do it on facebook or <laughs> like then i have to explain to them how the internet works and then yeah. they just get like out of hand yeah it's not just explaining like what we do it's also explaining how like life works yeah yeah but going off i mean going with that like my parents 
But I think that's so. Your parents tr- are the worst yeah, with this yeah. stuff. I think that's I think so anyone true. older than forty. Yeah, it's so true in in a lot of professions because I I mean music for example just like you said like I'm a I'm a music teacher they get that if you just give a vague you know I'm a musician or whatnot then but still it's it's I mean when when I tell when we told people that we were moving overseas and that I'm a music teacher and Lauren is in social work, they're like, how do you, what do you do overseas? Like what are, if you're not, you know, in the military and are or you teaching going, English. yeah, you're going to teach English, like the, the idea behind that. And I, I feel like that a lot of people have a very hierarchical kind of um, where they, they see careers and jobs and stuff. And if it doesn't kind of, you know, you're like, well, how do you make money doing that? And I think that that's such a disservice. Um, and hopefully maybe um, things are kind of with uh, the new startups and things like that, that people and the also, like you were saying, Lauren, like people uh, like our parents generation stayed in a career for like 30 years, 40 years. And they they stayed at the same job and um, kind of had that one career path. And uh, Lauren and I both have talked about that, how I feel like with us, it's not saying that we're going to uproot and do something like completely out of our career path. But um, for me, but I, I don't know, I, that could and that could all change. And, and we're open to that. And, and people in like our parents' generation just don't really uh, maybe understand that as much um, mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think the, the issue, like you were saying, is, is that people have this like older people or just people who grew up in a time without the Internet. It's like they had these these boxes of jobs and you were an engineer or a factory worker or an accountant, very defined things. And then they want to know how much money you make. That's a big one. Yes. So if people yes. are like. If people are like, okay, you're making this much money, they're like, oh, cool. So you're better than an accountant, but worse than a doctor or whatever. Exactly. (laughs) But I think also a lot of people don't understand the concept of like you guys moved for the opportunity and going overseas and all that stuff. People don't understand sometimes decisions for happiness. So like with creativity and stuff, like you, Lauren, are deciding to give up your job, which originally maybe you had a passion for or you you wanted to study that. But now this makes you much happier and you don't want to spend your full day on that. And some people just, they cannot understand that. They cannot understand how you would go from a job with like fixed rules, fixed income to something that makes you happy at the risk of maybe making, making less money or whatever. Same with you guys moving around. Like, I think people find it very difficult that you don't stick to America and like the things that you know, that you're moving around for the experiences and for the happiness. Like for a lot of people, it's, they don't, they can't understand that. Yeah. And I think being in education, I've made that point um, as a teacher that what we teach is, should be um, that if we're teaching it in the schools that we see, I call it academic equality, no matter what we teach, that everything kind of should be held to some type of equality with it so that because we don't know. And if and if we put things above other things, then you kind of churn out that kind of mentality that, oh, I need to be this because it's um, better. It's better. And this is what makes a living. And I can't do the other, even though. The other brings me whatever the other is. It brings me happiness. And so um, and I think that's quite a disservice in, in the educating people. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really cool because also I think in like your community, I mean the stories that you you have shared with me and stuff about the people who join, it's really cool to see that people find like whatever stage in their lives, whatever they're doing now as a hobby or some people going full on with it, like the passion that like art journaling or whatever like unlocks in them, even though they have a whole career in another direction. It's cool to see that like even maybe a generation that didn't like enjoy the choices that we have now to choose something as niche as having an online business or whatever. It's cool to see that they've come around and they can find their passion even in their spare time. But it's, it's really cool to see that these opportunities are coming through for people to, to find that happiness, like in their passion projects at home. It's really exciting. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see people making time for art and to have them, um, place value on it not that they hadn't put it on before but enough value that they're using their time to do it and that they're saying okay like i don't know now that i'm retired you know i've got time or my kids are out the house Mm. or you know and just the community that you guys have made or just the communities on the internet in general like before they might have not had that support that they had at home needed at home to do like art journaling or whatever and then they go on the internet and they see you oh okay there are thousands of people doing this every day I can be part of that. That's really yeah, cool. I love it. Yeah, not everyone has husbands like you guys. So, um, what do you what do you think if someone's got a husband that's not really on board with the art? How could they? How could they show? I know it's difficult for you because it comes naturally, I suppose, um, or over time or whatever. But how would you? What tip would you give to someone whose husband or loved one is not on board with what they're doing creatively? Hmm. Hey, Terrell, do you want to start there? <laughs> yeah, I guess I can start with that. With I guess for me, as I mentioned with you, the the more that you let me in, t- uh, let me experience your art, mm-hmm. and um, and showed me what you were doing. Of course, I guess that can go both ways because, in some sense, um, showing others your art then. Uh, I know um, in certain situations that can be a negative, yeah, yeah, a negative experience, especially if comments are made or things like that, that, but um, the more that you explained to me, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm in this community. I'm doing these things. And I think that, um, you know, being open to that and, and sometimes it just, it's, it's a matter of personality and also, yeah, exposure to that. Um, and, um, and, um, and I guess one last thing would just be, um, the, if you enjoy the art community to experience that in some, uh, way that's not maybe personal at home, but getting outside of your home and, and experiencing that in a kind of a, a setting, whether it's going to a, art show or doing something that's productive in that manner that yeah. can allow um, the your spouse or your loved one to kind of experience that in a different way. Because that that I think you have to it starts with education, educating them and, and letting them experience it in a positive way. 
Yeah. And I think obviously if they're included as well, then they can see the joy that it brings to you. If you're doing something, you can be like, if you explain something to them, they see the joy that you have just in explaining it. And then that sort of leaks out. I would also say, I think that as a guy, you know, we were joking before about being trained and all that stuff, but a lot of the stuff is like, we're very like, I don't know. I think most guys are very like, you know, we're creatures of habit. We have things that we're used to. They're things that we sort of not expect at home, but like we, we get used to that. Our wives do our loved ones or whatever. Um, and I think it just comes with like a little bit of like easing into it. So as an example, I wouldn't like when your husband comes home, then be like naked and having your body painted. <laughs> and then, like, I Some wouldn't, husbands might like that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Oh, dep- yeah, maybe. But that would be probably less of an art project than, yeah. Um, <laughs> Keep but, going. Like, maybe, maybe not start there. I think also for a lot of people, because if you look at like you guys, you guys have all this equipment that you've gathered over years and stuff. Like if you're going out and you're buying all the kits and everything that you need to get started, maybe for some people like financially, it seems like, Oh, you're committing all this stuff and we don't even know if you're like it. Maybe they have some fear about that stuff to start with the smaller stuff. Like maybe you just start drawing with the pencils you have at home and just start just to ease into it. Because if you're spending like hundreds of dollars in the first week, like we are all humans, we give up habits and stuff. You can see how someone might be like, well, that was money wasted. So to just, I don't know, I would reckon just to ease into it because we've had, it's not that Tyrell and I are easy. It's just that we've been trained. Yeah. You know? over time. We, we've had a lot of time to get used to you. And I agree with what T said is that the, um, I think for me, pictures, I came around to the taking the incessant amount of pictures over time because I realized that the end product, the end result was worthwhile and that we were able to have something that I love looking back at the, the photos and the things that, and the, um, the work that you've done on like our trips and things like that and having that documented. And I, I think that I would go as far as to say that most people would enjoy looking back at that and having something to remember. So in that small way, um, coming around to things and and appreciating it from that perspective, I think that was one of my first kind of deep appreciations that I developed. Yeah. And we also make it a point to like have a conversation in the evenings. Like I would like, what did you want to do tonight? Like I would like an hour to like work in my art journal, you know, and Cheryl's like, okay, I'll go watch a show for an hour. And so it's not like I'm like abandoning him for the whole evening to go lock myself away. You know, we kind of will set a time and then we'll come back together to like have dinner or go to bed or whatever. Yeah, that's good. And also like another thing with, um, Kind of like, what are you going to do for an hour? You can also kind of use it like with us, with having the baby. When the baby's here, you know, I can ask you, okay, I want an an hour to art journal and I'll swap it then later. You look after the baby Mm. and then you can do whatever you want and I'll look after the baby. I suppose that's like a big reason for a lot of people is that they have children and stuff. It's difficult Mm -hmm. to make a time for yourself. But I think if you just chat it out, I'm I'm assuming that husbands want as much free time from children as wives want. So yes. you could you could have like a trade system in place. I'm sure that would work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We might have to have like an update podcast where I take yeah, back my. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're all big talk now. Yeah. 
All right. This is, I feel like, the big question, and, we're, and Kaylee and I are not answering it. How much money do you think we spend on Arts Plus? I'm glad that you prefaced that with saying that we're not going to answer. So we'll never know the truth. That's exactly. what I'm hearing. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't. I. Okay. Let me start by saying this. Like, I've never had an issue with you buying art stuff because also from the beginning, even when we were dating, I got used to buying like moleskins and stuff. So my entry level for how much things cost was very high. I realize now disproportionately high um, that moleskins are not what an average book costs. That's not how that works. <laughs> That's not like the industry standard. Um, but also I've also seen like now with buying my own art stuff that buying higher quality stuff is also probably a better choice because you get to keep stuff if you okay. use it if you use it and not like some of the stuff that we have and don't use um okay but let me say on average in a month let's say i would say you spend 150 euros that's what i would say Ooh. so i don't know 150 dollars and we're still married yeah that doesn't bother me because it's less yeah exactly yeah what up yeah <laughs> that's still a cheap what hobby it's better than like makeup or shoes or whatever so. or golfing or exactly drugs. or heroin um, yeah. <laughs> all of these things <laughs> what do you think um yeah i would say i've never i've never had an issue with you buying stuff at all um and it's always i feel like you out of in our marriage you are the one that's always uber conscientious about buying stuff i'm always the one that's like yeah we need the nicer thing Daryl's the, the big spender for sure and i've always like in a weird way always had a fascination with like fine writing utensils and weird office supplies. And so, um, which is just a weird quirk, but, um, so, um, yeah, I, I enjoy alpha is our go-to store for all like your a craft store. Yeah. Yeah. And so I actually really enjoy going with you and I usually buy prizes for myself. When we go, <laughs> so. Like that time we watched a video on if handwriting or, um, typing is better and the guy recommended his favorite kind of pencil and they're like $12 a pencil Terrell literally got up from watching the video got on the scooter and drove to the store and bought the pencils I love it the black wing <laughs> yeah the black the palomino black wings they're super oh, wow. nice pencils okay so they haven't got a name <laughs> but or like the Cadillac yeah of, but you don't have a number of how much you think I spend um I would say I'll go a hundred US a month yeah. maybe yeah, because I think it's different between because I know we Kaylee and I both buy about a lot of online classes, and so that is I different than like art that. supplies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. I didn't. <laughs> I was just thinking about like Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's, but now that we've kind of separated, I don't see what. Comes oh yeah, out. I have yeah. my own account yeah. for that, so no, no, no. Well, it's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. What have you learned from us in the fact that we are creative people? I think uh, for me, the biggest thing that I've learned and I'm trying to do now um, is to make something as often as possible. Because I've learned that it's 
the net effect of that, even if you're losing time to for then to do other things, like in my case, to play on my computer or whatever, because I'm making something, I I gain a lot out of it. Like I feel like I'm putting something out there into the world or whatever, which I kind of like. And that is that has brought me a lot of happiness. And also, you put a bit of pressure on me to do it. Like every no, you put no, your no, own no, pressure. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean like. I mean, like you often say, like when I'm playing a game, you're like, okay, after that, are we going to sit and draw for like an hour or whatever, which is subtle enough for me to be like, no, I don't like want to, or I'll be like, no, I hate you. I'm going to play computer the whole night. Like, it's fine. Like it's chilled, but it's nice because I, then sometimes it does give me the, the push that I need to draw for a bit, which is nice. Um, yeah, I guess the uh, two things, I guess the first is that, um, that creativity is a habit and getting into that and then um, being vulnerable to um, be creative and not worrying about um, what other people think of your work. And I know coming out of grad school and so forth, that that, that was kind of the I was always timid to put stuff out there because I was you kind of the mentality is that. Hopefully, you know, I, I feel like the the pressure was just so much different in that and that I became quite timid in putting stuff out there. But <clears throat> I think through you, I've, you know, like with the composition um, and creating my textbooks and things that I've been really proud of, um, I feel like you have helped give inspiration to that and for me to do things um, professionally and, and uh, yeah. And then you, your prodding question of what did I create today um, has helped spur me on uh, to always look at things differently, even if it's just a lesson plan or what I'm doing during the day to come about, come about it with a different perspective and be kind of um, creative. And that has, has been something that, Yes, I've valued and learned from you. Nice. I like that one about the habit, Lauren. I think that you've also taught me that or that like we've built on it together, you know, and I think that's how like Get Messy started is we didn't have a creative habit and we were kind of like, okay, well, if we want to be artists, you know, we have to make art can't just like do it whenever and then that actually like that whole start of it and that conversation with you just like made everything grow from there realizing that it is something that you have to put work into every day it's not always like just inspiration absolutely this conversation was way more enlightening than I expected. <laughs> Our husbands are wise. They are. And they're so nice to us. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for people to listen. Um, and we just want to say thank you to everyone who listened this season and shared with us and um, is following along on Instagram and um, telling your friends about us and creating your art and sharing it with us. And so we have loved seeing that. And so we really appreciate Appreciate it, and we will be back at some point later and share more things with you for another season. Yep. All right. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. See you next season. Oh, we should also say goodbye. <laughs> right? Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. This was the last episode of the season, so get into your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next season for another episode of How She Creates.